Hi, and welcome to Orpanini. This is Saratova Best, Parshas Vayechi. I guess the question we're going to ask is, if Vayechi is the end of Sefer Breshis, and we're going to say Chazak, Chazak, Benis Chazek, but Vayechi is all about life. And he lived. And of course, it's all surrounding the passing, the Shvatim and the passing. You know, everybody's passing, uh, you know, in, in the Chumash. It's the end of an era. So right away we have a question for ourselves. How is the end of an era, Vayechi, you know, when he lived? Because every, everything now, we'll see as we're going from this week's Parsha to next week's Parsha, everything is going to trend. It's going to um, uh, segue into a whole other way. This is the end when we're going to be finishing with the Avais. They will no longer be in the Parsha. And so we're talking about, you know, since the beginning of the Chumash, we're, we're, with, we're with the Avais, and all of a sudden it's over, and this is, and they lived. So it really leaves us with a question about what's, what life really is. When can we say, oh, we're really living, we're really alive, when it feels like everything's over, God forbid? So this is an oxymoron. If we reverse engineer it, we realize that we're hearing something mysterious here. Something like, and we'll explore it, something like when it feels like, actually I happen to have the cup that my dear friend, Allah Shalom, um, Drazel uh, Merica um, sent me a number of years ago just, this is what the cup says, just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. There you go. Just when the, just when the caterpillar thought that the world was over. Okay, so we're going to look into that question. And of course, it comes out around the Sarbatavis, which is also the beginning and the end. It's the beginning, but it's the beginning of destruction. So it's the end of the days of the Beis HaMikdash, in a sense. So how is that all the It's so hard to put it all together. So and the name is Vayichi Yaakov. And the Taifun of the Parsha is the Bracha of Yaakov to his sons, to Ephraim and Menashe. The, the Indian of, of Yaakov, he's giving over everything to his sons, to the Yedbeshvatim, till the end of all the generations. So, again, how is this Vayichi? Yaakov Avinu Lameh. Mazar B'chaim Afu the life of Yaakov is eternal life. And so all of this is given over to his seed and the seed after him and the seed after him. Alive. True life. How does one have true life? Well, that's the question. How can you be coming to the end of something and that's true life? True life is life through Tyra. Yaakov Avinu. His Indian is Tyra. And so, Vayakam 
Edus Biyakov V'Torah Sham B'Yisrael. So at the end of the parsha, Vayechi, that we end this week, and we're going to say Chazak Chazak Ben Yitzchazek. And so what do we have? The Minhag is Vayechi Yaakov is the Chizuk on the Avaida of all Yidden throughout all the generations. So now we know that the parshas of the Tyra have to do with the time when we read them. So what does it have to do with the Sarvatevis? That's really, what does it have to do with the Sarvatevis? And each of the, and of course the Sarvatevis leads into each of these significant days. But here's a bit of an, a bit of an explanation. A Sarvatevis is one of the four fasts. The four fasts leading, leading up to Tisha B'Av. And the thing about Asar B'Tavis is it began the destruction. That's when the whole thing began. And so each of these fasts is on something connected to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. But on Asar B'Tavis, what happened, each day is a different thing. Each of the four fast days is a different different horrible occurrence that happened. Asarit B'Tavis, Melech Babel surrounded Yerushalayim and he put it in siege. He sealed it off. The king of Babel sealed it off. On Shavasar B'Tamuz, they breached the wall of Yerushalayim on Tisha B'Av, destroyed the first and second base of Migdash. On Sun Gedalia, Gedalia was murdered and now the last remnant of Jewish presence in Eretz Yisrael was gone. Okay. But Asar Batavis was the beginning of the Chorban. Now when you think about it, imagine that experience of Bavel, the king of Bavel is surrounding Yerushalayim, just on a psychological level. For us, you know, when you're in that confusion and everything's so foggy and you can't get all your social media uh, straight, what goes where and what, all of that stuff. And so your Yerushalayim is pulled in many different directions. It's kind of captured by this confusion. And you're not sure what, when, who, how. Everything becomes a confusion. That's Melech Bavel. He comes to the purity of Kedusha and he kind of <coughs> surrounds it with confusion. Sounds familiar in our life, in our generation. <coughs> so if this is the worst fast, a Sarbatavis, then it's got to be the best. Because the two things happen at the same time, the best and the worst. Because the truth is that the day of times of a, of a fast is Yom Ratzin Lashem. Yalzreb explains, that a fast day is an Esratim for Tshuva. And it's a day, it's a very powerful day for Hashem. Because then we're able to be Mavatal, the Churban, the Gullus, and bring the Gula. We are redeemed through Tshuva. And this, the reason, the really deeper reason for the fast day which it, it actually, what is the purpose of a fast day? Not to create a korban, but to destroy the reason for the korban. And so, how do we see that? 
We see that because Melech Bavel surrounded Yerushalayim and sealed them off. Did he touch Yerushalayim? No. Did he destroy Yerushalayim? No. Did he destroy the main part of Yerushalayim, the base of Mavish? No, he didn't even come close. Did he destroy the walls around Yerushalayim? No. The walls remained whole. So he stayed outside of the city. He just surrounded it, but he didn't touch it. So that means the Etimavida, Shahayabel Yechult of Achehekif is a of Asa Matar al Yushalayim. This essential Avaida that he could surround the wall and he could seal off the city. No one was able to go in. No one was able to come out. And so they couldn't bring any food into the city. That's a negative thing. No one could get food. No one could come out. And there's a fast day because of it. So why did it happen? From Hashem's point of view. Imagine this. A fast. The enemy, a fast because the enemy came along and surrounded the city but did not touch the city. Didn't hurt it. Just surrounded it. Didn't even touch the walls. Why then? To bring us the tshuva. And once we're brought the tshuva, that uproots the whole reason for the destruction of the base of Mezish to begin with. So it comes out that in Serbatavis, we see that it's an ace rotten about tshuva, which takes care of takes away the reason for, for the gullus. Because we're talking about bringing it back to the place where there's no reason for a korban. The interesting thing is the walls of Yerushalayim remain whole. And so what is the point of them surrounding Yerushalayim? The walls aren't touched city isn't touched, the base of Mezish isn't touched, to bring us to Tshuva. And so we could say, so the Indian of Asar Batavis, about the Khurban, and about, well, Asar Batavis has two identities. It started the Gullus, so it's going to start the Geula. Okay. So that what was the event that started the Gullus? The siege around Yerushalayim. Forming, forming a circle around Yerushalayim. So how do we begin the Geula? Forming a circle around Yerushalayim. So does anybody else talk about that? Yeah. Yechaskel. So Yechaskel was told, Take a stick, an iron bar, and put it between the city and you. And it is a sign that the city is in siege. And it's a sign that this is a divinely decreed event, that Yerushalayim will come under siege. Isn't that interesting? An iron bar is held by Yechesgel? between him and the city 
to show that the city will come under, under siege? What's that all about? Barzell has a lot to do with the base of Mithish. Because you can't use Barzell. You can't use iron to build the base of Mithish. And so, and Shlomo Melech was told, no iron. It's a weapon of destruction. You may not use iron to build the base of Mithish. As it says, the Zaytha Truma, there's gold, there's silver, there's copper, but there's no iron in the first base of Mithish or the second. Because it's used to destroy the base of Mithish. So, how do we fix it? A korban, a destruction of the base of Mithish through a, a, a an element that is used to destroy, how do we then build the base of Mikdash in the same place with the same energy or the deeper energy of what was used to destroy the base of Mikdash? Use that very thing, Barzel, iron. The iron of Kedusha. Chazal say, Kol Tamit Chachem She'eno Kasha Kebarzel Eino Tamit Chachem any Talmud Chacham who's not hard like iron is not a Talmud Chacham. As it says, the land whose, um, whose rocks and stones are barzel, the idea of a land, a people who are made out of iron, they're stubborn like, like iron, Kshayirah. Stubborn in the good way. We don't give in. We don't give in. Right now we stand at a time in history where things are a little uh, interesting on the street. And other times in history, I guess what happened is people ran in fear to be protected, wherever, to be safe wherever they could be. This whole new posture of standing up, the more there's what to fear, God forbid, God forbid, Rahman the more we march publicly and stand up and, and, and stand up fearlessly and all of that. I think that's kind of a new thing. I think that that's not the way it went in other generations for a whole lot of reasons. So stubborn in a positive way. Where do you get that kind of stubbornness? That, that iron stubbornness. Hard like iron. You can't move it. Etzim and neshama. And when we operate from that place, which is like, like iron, it just doesn't bend. The pintaliyid of a, of, a, of a Jew, it just doesn't bend. Like iron doesn't bend. When we operate from that place, we're mabatal the barzo of Lu'umaseh. It's the, we're mabatal the hardness of the Yetzirah. And that has to do with the Sarbatevis. Because the reason for the siege, just the siege, not, not the reason for them eventually, for the enemy eventually 
touching the walls of Yerushalayim. No, just the reason for the siege. What was the reason for the siege from Hashem's point of view? Why did Hashem send them to do this siege? To bring us to Tshuva. That even the walls of Yerushalayim should remain whole. And in Avaida, what does it mean? The protection of the Shlemus of Tyra. The protection of the wholeness of Tyra. And Yuchayma zu Tyra. In a way of Chayzek and Taikas of Barzel of Kedusha. Its stones are Barzel. And the Kavana of everything that happened after the, after the king of Babel surrounded the walls, all of the things that happened, the siege, and then all the way to the destruction that happened on Tisha because we didn't do tshuva, what's the whole point of every one of those steps? Surround the walls, eventually breach the wall, eventually get into... Yerushalayim eventually come to the base of Mikdash, eventually God forbid destroy us. What was the point of it all? Why did Hashem send these events? He sent them so that there should be the completeness of Barzel of Kedusha in the third base of Mikdash. This stubbornness of Kedusha in the third base of Mikdash. This is the guiding force behind everything. It says in the Medrash, Zav Akesav V'Nechayshis, gold, silver, and copper, corresponding to the three Avas, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Gold is Avram. Silver is Yitzchak. Copper is Yaakov. And the first two Batei Mikdash correspond to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. On Avram it says, he's a mountain. Yitzchak, the field. Avram Avinu is dealing with the mountain. Yitzchak is dealing with the field. Yaakov is dealing with the house. Avram Katsub Bahir. Yitzchak Katsub Sada. Yaakov Shekarabais. What does that mean? That the gold, the silver, and copper correspond to two Besamigdishes. Gold is for the first phase of music. Silver is for the second. Copper is for the third. Because through the Indian of Yaakov Avinu, what is Yaakov Avinu? What is this Indian? Tyra. Through that you have the dearer of copper. Nachash, Nachashis, Nachash, the snake. Nachash at Kadmani, the klipa. And how are we Mavara, the copper of Kedusha? How are we Mavara, the Kedusha of Nachash? How? Through Nachash, Nechashas to Kedusha. Which mostly comes through Beis Amigdash, which, which the completion of, and the mainly comes through the third Beis Amigdash, which corresponds to Yaakov. And not only that, one more point about copper, Nechashas, copper shows on us in Gullus after the second base of Mikdash was destroyed. And the Shlemus of the third base of Mikdash is hinted at in the Bureau, the purification of Barzel, of, of, of Barzel, negative Barzel. 
the klipa of barzel, the thing that causes destruction, which is lower than copper. And then we come to the shlemus of barzel of kedusha. So gold, silver, and copper are in the seder of mila mila from above to below. Gold is the most precious. After that comes silver. After that comes copper. Zav, gold, bari. He who gives is healthy. Gold means you give when you don't need to give. You're healthy. No reason to give, but you give. Silver, kesef, is kesheyesh sakanas pachad. When there's a little bit of a fear of, oh, maybe something's not okay, a person gives, that's the offering of silver. And the chayshef is Rosh Hashanah. When a person, God forbid, is unwell, and they know they'd better give. So the higher to the lower. The higher level is no need to give, but they do, gold. Lower than that, a little hint that maybe it's a good idea to give. That's silver. And lower than that is copper. Better give. Not a good... It's a situation that needs to be fixed. And so, Zahav, gold, shows on the first base of English. Complete. Zenaisen Bari is a complete base of English. Kesef, silver, shows on the second base of English. Missing five things. And therefore, there's a bit of a, a fear there that if it's already missing something, you know, we're already lacking. Then once we're on the path of lacking, where are we going? And copper, Nechayshet, which is even lower, shows on a situation in Golis. That because we don't have a base of English in Golis, we become Chayosh Amirtsnu. We become unwell. Who just feel like we have to do something to save ourselves. Just give. That's Hashem saying to us, if you feel that the whole situation which we live in is not well, not healthy, give. And it'll, it'll create health. And, and that shows on the third base in English, which will be complete, certainly relative to the first and the second. And it will be eternal. It will be eternal. The myla of the eternity of the third base of Migdash, after the first and second were destroyed, is hinted at in the word Barzal. And here we're just we're going to sum it up by doing um, just a little piece, and then we'll sum it up and continue again in the next year. Barzal is Rosh Tevis Bila, Rachel, Zilpa, and Leah. The four wives of Yaakov Avinu. Here we're saying Yaakov Avinu corresponds to the third base of English. Yaakov Avinu corresponds to Tyra. And here are his four wives. Bila, Rachel, Zilpa, and Leah. Barzil. And corresponding to this, there are the four levels of Nukva de Klipa. The 
feminine aspect of the unholy powers. That's the Lu'umasha of the four Imahas, the four, our foremothers of Kedusha. And in the Seder of Barzal, it's very interesting. Wouldn't you have Rachel and Leah first and then their maidservants in order of importance? And yet you have it the opposite. The maidservant comes before the actual, the actual mother. So what is that, that about? So first, in order to understand it, we have to look at a scene with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu had certain ideas about how he should do things with his family and his life. And Hashem said... Whatever your wife Sarah tells you, listen to her. Why? Because he was second to her in Nevoah. She had greater Nevoah. So if she, meaning she had greater clarity in what needed to be done, where they were going, what the bigger picture was, how to move forward, why to move forward whether to move forward. She had, a, she had greater clarity. She had more nevuah. That's like the future situation when the feminine aspect will surround the masculine. The sphere of malchus will go higher than all the other spheres. It will rise to the top. That's the way it was by the Abbas. There are three who, ch- who tasted from Eilam Haba while they were here. And those are Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Bakol, Mikol, Kol. So when we come to the Mila, again, why, are, why is Barzel putting the maidservant first? Bila, then Rachel. Zilpa, then Leah. Rachel and Leah are the real ones. They're the real ones. Their, their maid is mentioned before them. And what's that all about? What is the Mila of the maids over the actual Imahas? Well, first of all, it says about Rachel, she gave her maid to Yaakov. I will give her and I will be built be built through her. Because, why? Why did she do it? The Imahas, Sararifka Rachaleya, they are the level of Malchus Da'atzilus. Our foremothers, Sararifka Rachaleya, are the level of Malchus of Atzilus. What are their maids? Their maidservants are malchus, are the level of malchus of biyah. So again, Sarifka Rachaleya are malchus of atzilus. And their maidservants are malchus of briyatirasiyah. And on this it says, Eben matu habaynim haitha the Avais needed to build Malchus by being married to their Rebbitsons. 
to Sarah Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. That's how the Avos built Malchus. And because they were building Malchus through their, their, their wives, their relatives, the Avos did not want on their own to marry the maidservants. Not because there are a lot of reasons we could say, but on a spiritual level, they didn't want to marry the maidservants because you're talking about unifying with a descent into the world of Briyasiranitia. And the Avoy said, no, no, we don't want to. And yet their Rebetans Rachel and Leah said, you have to. Sorry, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, they said, you have to. You need to pull Malchus down into the lower world. We need to descend into that lower level. The Avar said, let's stay up here in a pure realm. Atzilas, it's pure. Go down into those lower worlds where life is not clear? No. And their, their residents had the wisdom to see that it has to be done. And so they gave their, their maidservants to their husbands because that would pull their husband's influence into a union with the lower world. And that caused the aliyah of Malchus, the elevation of Malchus, the Tachos HaShlemus. That caused a revolution that was the crucial revolution for ultimate Gula. So we're going to stop here and we're going to continue in the next installment speaking about what this all has to do with the base Amigdash. Asar Batavis and Yaakov Avinu and eternity. Life that comes from the struggle of going down into the lower world. Because we remember, when we're looking at the at the Imahas, at the uh, at the Sarishka uh, Rahalaya giving their maidservants and saying to their husbands, we need to bring truth down into the lower world. It is a great descent, and it's not a comfortable descent. We're going to be pulling this down into a place where there's no clarity and everybody's, it's a mess. Everybody's all confused and there is confusion. We ourselves can just lose your anchor, you lose your stability. And yet it needs to be done because our Imahas had great Ruach HaKadosh and they saw what would be achieved through this. And they saw that by remaining in the upper realms, it would be nicer and more pleasant, but not eternal. And so this idea of Asar Batavis, that we're talking about the beginning of a destruction actually being the doorway to eternity. And in everyday life too. It's the same concept. It is the marriage of the Avais to those maidservants as it's fleshed out in our everyday lives, going down into the darker spots of life 
in order to create a wholeness that ultimately ends in the full gula. So may we find ourselves before our not having to fast anymore because the third base in English, God willing, should be built way before then and dance in the base of English in the Gula Mitzvah now.